Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to Text Talk. We're doing an episode on Acts chapter 13. Edwin, what's our reading for today? Today I want to read from verse 26 through verse 39, the last half of Paul's sermon in Acts 13. I am reading from the English Standard Version. Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to us has been sent the message of this salvation. For those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize him nor understand the utterances of the prophets which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. And though they found in him no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have him executed. And when they had carried out all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in the tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. And we bring you the good news that what God promised to the fathers, this he has fulfilled to us their children by raising Jesus, as also it is written in the second psalm, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And as for the fact that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken in this way, I will give you the holy and sure blessings of David. Therefore, he says also in another psalm, You will not let your holy one see corruption. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up did not see corruption. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and by him everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. I am loving that we're able to take a couple of days here and dig into this sermon that Paul preached in the synagogue of Antioch, Pisidia. That as he lays out this sermon or as he's preaching this sermon, uh, we are going through and repeating some messages and themes from earlier sermons as he brings this to this new audience. But I think one of the things that's coming through to me as as we uh, are are talking about it now is that David is such a significant role in this sermon to show, as we talked about in the last episode, that David is a type for Jesus. But the other thing is, uh, even as you're reading it now, The emphasis upon what has been written and how it's all being fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Um, What was that there in in verse um, 29 that you read a moment ago? Now when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. Nothing um, happened that was not in accordance with the word of God, with the will of God. His plan for our redemption, his plan to bring salvation to all people. We have it in these scriptures, in these prophecies, in these types, in these promises. And what a joy it is for Paul and for the other apostles to be able to declare to all the peoples, it's here, it's now, it's happened, it's in Jesus Christ. As I was saying a minute ago, this emphasis upon what is written. Paul is recording, excuse me, reviewing this history that they could read. They're in the synagogue. It's the place of the scriptures. And then begin to highlight particular psalms 
as prophecies pertaining to the most amazing scripture of all, or most amazing prophecy of all, the resurrection. Again, we've talked about throughout the last couple of days the layers in these sermons. And one of the interesting questions that people who study these issues of Acts, Luke's writing, the Holy Spirit's inspiration, uh, there's certainly a, a question of when we actually read this sermon, how much of it is Paul's, how much of it is Luke's? Is, does Luke massage it any as a part of his polemic? And mm. those are questions that we can't answer. Uh, certainly, Luke is relying on eyewitness testimony, some of these things he heard. Uh, it, I, I highly doubt that Luke is providing us a word-by-word account of any one of these sermons. So it should not surprise us when Luke tells us what Paul preached here, he couches it in words that he actually brought up at the end of the gospel that he recorded. And we find in Luke chapter 22, when Jesus is meeting with the apostles in verse 44, this is Luke 22 and verse 44, I'm sorry, Luke 24 and verse 44, then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything... here." I don't know if that's coming over the mic or not, but here we are in our non-soundproof studio, and I hope the sun is shining and the birds are singing wherever you're listening to this. But if you hear the thunder in the background, let's just take that as God agreeing with what we're sharing with you here. Well, <laughs> you But know, it's throwing it's, me off big it's time. It's just the hazards of doing a podcast in a metal building with a metal roof during a thunderstorm. In our office. Let me go back and start over verse 44 here. These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem." You are my witnesses, excuse me, you are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. And he goes on and continues to talk to them. But this is this is the thing that Paul is saying here. Yeah. That Jesus fulfilled all the Psalms and the prophets, and so he quotes some Psalms and he quotes some prophets, mm. and he demonstrates the fulfillment, and then he says that what should be preached because of this is where can we find forgiveness of sins? Yeah, that's absolutely right. As you read a moment ago back in Acts thirteen. Uh, Therefore, let it be known from verse 38. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Hmm. There's that change of dispensation that we see hinted at earlier in the sermon when we were talking about the shift from Saul to David, the shift from John the Baptist to Jesus. Now we're seeing it, you know, ultimately this is all about the shift from the law of Moses where you could not have forgiveness of sins to this gospel of Christ, this way of Christ, where there is forgiveness of sins in this faith. He says here justified. The English Standard Version translators made an interpretive choice here and they said freed rather than justified, but they do put a footnote on here that the Greek word is really justified. It's interesting to take that. Every once in a while, one point for the new King James. (laughs) I know you like that. Every once in a while. I know you like that. (laughs) But that idea of justified is the idea of being declared innocent. Right. Being freed from guilt, being being declared innocent. And here's the thing. The law of Moses could not free you. The law of Moses could not justify 
you from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the other things I notice here, we, we set the stage for this. This is why it was important for me yesterday as we talked about the idea of the, this thing about David being after God's own heart and right. he will do all my will. And we right. pointed out right. yesterday that well, that's not 100% true of David. It's a, yes, he was more spiritual than Saul. He stuck with God throughout his whole life. And so comparatively better than Saul in that regard. Sure. But it's still not a straight up literal statement about him. It's a hyperbole to drive home a point. We actually see that exact same thing in some of these psalms that Paul here quotes, that Peter quoted Mm -hmm. back in Acts chapter 2. What's going on? Psalm 16 says, you will not let your Holy One see corruption. There's a whole lot of question about, well, wait a minute, was Psalm 16 about David or not? Yes, it was about David. But when it applied to David, it wasn't referring to resurrection. When it applied to David, it was about the fact that he would be delivered from death. So it was a hyperbole. Sure. It was an exaggeration to drive home the point of his connection to God. But what was said of David as a hyperbole, Mm -hmm. as an exaggeration, what Paul is pointing out is very literally it can be said of Jesus Christ. And his point, I think, is, look, when a man is raised from the dead, that should tell us something. I'll tell you what it tells us. Everything we thought about David, it applies to Jesus, but a hundredfold. And so don't be surprised when the one who claimed to be the Messiah, the offspring of David, went to the cross, went into the ground, and then was delivered because that is truly the ultimate fulfillment of everything the law, the Psalms, and the prophets had talked about. I think you've got the fulfillment. I think that, you know, as I try to put myself in the in the sandals, put myself in the shoes of some of the first people listening to this, that Paul has the opportunity here to connect some dots, to connect some scriptures that uh, otherwise they may not have seen that way or corrected that way, you know, connected that way. Jesus makes it all clear. You are my son today. I've begotten you. I will give you the sure mercies of David. You will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. You know, for, to, to think that they would have read these things, you know, kind of disparately and, and in their services and thought, yeah, yeah, you know, there's one person that's going to be all of these things. And that's what's so amazing, that Jesus is all of these things. I think Peter and now Paul was highlighting also the fact that, you know, guys, as we were reading these scriptures, there ought to have been at least something that caused us to pause and say, well, you know, I I mean, I get it. I understand what the psalmist was saying about David, what David was saying about himself, even about the Holy One not seeing corruption. But it ought to put a little flag in there that said, but boy, wouldn't it be neat if that were literally true? And now all of a sudden we have the person for whom it is literally true. Let's stop and think what that means about him. Paul is telling them, for this fella, literally true, this is the king. Yeah, but to my mind, that would be you know such, such an epiphany, such a shift. It is a shift, and it is the most important shift that has taken place in all of history. So here's what's happening. You know, we sometimes look at the way the New Testament writers use Scripture from the Old Testament, and it seems a little bit odd to us. At least it does to me. But what I believe is happening and has happened is the fact that the resurrection changed everything. Mm -hmm. And and it's important to see in this sermon that the resurrection is at the center of Paul's point. Today, and, and I understand why, today we have a tendency to focus more on the death. 
And there are lots of passages that do. There, and, and it is, of course, that Jesus died as the sacrifice for our sins. And mm-hmm. we find that all over the New Testament. Sure. But in Luke and in Acts, there is very little about the death. And even here, the focus is not on the death. It is on the resurrection. And what we need to understand is that the resurrection was the singular moment in history that changed everything. Everything that that came in scripture before it all of a sudden was reinterpreted. I think of an illustration. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, I think it's in John 3, that destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. And nobody understood what he was talking about. Even his apostles didn't understand what he was talking about. John, as we read it, says because he was talking about his body. When did the apostles realize what Jesus was actually talking about? Not until the resurrection. When the resurrection happened, there was like the aha moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. Well, and even as you were reading from Luke, the end of Luke a moment ago, and the Lord's going to help him after this resurrection to see and to understand all of this. So I, I think about Isaiah 53. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 53 yeah. that talks about the suffering servant of the Lord and all of that sacrificial language. Andrew, when you read that, who, who do you think it's talking about? Well, I mean, it's it's a great question, isn't it? Who is it talking about? That's the question the Ethiopian treasurer asked in Acts chapter 8. Is he talking about himself, like Isaiah the prophet, talking about Isaiah the prophet, or is he talking about another? So I, I don't know. He's he's reading it, and he can't figure that out. But you know, don't you, Andrew? Well, yes. Now, I know. Yes. Yeah, well, who, who's it talking about? <laughs> well, that's talking about Jesus. Well, and how do you know that so well, but the eunuch couldn't figure it out? Well, it, I tell you, it was because Philip the Evangelist began at that scripture and preached Jesus to him. A teacher came along and made it clear this was about a person. Here's the correspondence. Here's the fulfillment. Yeah, you've heard the resurrection. Mm -hmm. You, You know the story of Jesus. So when you go back in Isaiah 53 and read, you can't help but see it. But folks who didn't know about the resurrection, they didn't see it. Right. But you hear about the resurrection and suddenly it changes everything. Mm. So folks who were reading Psalm 16 before they heard about the resurrection of Jesus, this is just about David. It's hyperbole. But once you hear about the resurrection of Jesus, suddenly you realize, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Okay, Psalm 16 was about David, but maybe Psalm 16 is about Jesus. And that's the way so much of that Old Testament scripture is. I got so much I want to talk to about, uh, talk about with this. This is just an amazing topic. It's fun for me, but we've come to the point where we need to go ahead and wrap up our conversation today. So we do, and we hope that you're having some fun and, and getting into the Word of God. Please tell us about what you're reading. Send us a message text talk at christiansmeethere.org text talk at christiansmeethere.org but right now we are so glad that we get to pray together edwin god in heaven thank you so much for this time we've had to talk about your word to learn from paul and his preaching from luke and his writing to learn about your son jesus who is the man after you are your own heart the ultimate man after your own heart because he is full of you. He is fully divine. He is everything that you are in human form. It's just amazing, unfathomable. But Father, you are God and Jesus is your son, God in the flesh. We are so thankful that we get to be a part of your family. And we pray that this message can be brought to so many today. And as I'm saying this and the thunder is in my ears, and I I don't even know if everyone else is hearing that while I'm praying. It's just uh, impressive to me, your power and your greatness. And, and while I am amazed at the power that comes in storms like we're experiencing while we're recording, what I'm really amazed is the power that comes from the resurrection of your son. Thank you for that. We love you, Father. We thank you for loving us first. It's through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.
Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Well.